Prime time Seahawks. Get it done, Mike. They do. Thursday night football. I'm doing good. How are you doing today? It's another episode of Femi and Ferrari on this fabulous fall Friday that we have here. First Friday of October. Yeah. You know, and there's four baseball games on. A lot of baseball. It's a great time of year. It is. Get a couple weeks. Get a little basketball, football, baseball, hockey. It all intertwines. It's a uh, sportscaster's dream. Is you know we're obviously coming to you guys out of Como in Seattle. Yeah. You know it's 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 why we do this job. Right. Last night was was pretty awesome. It was. <laughs> I, I was I was woke up this morning thinking about that game and uh, just what we saw and and the potential of this team and what they did. Obviously, you know, foot or two, left or right, could have gone either way. <laughs> <laughs> we could be feeling a lot different. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get with these two teams. But last year, both games decided by a total of five points. No. So um, they are fun to watch, and I'm glad they get a little bit of a break and can heal some guys up. Yeah, for those of you who might have been living under a rock and <laughs> and, and not watching last night's Thursday right. night football game, you missed a heck of a game. Jeez, we've got a couple back-to-back really good Thursday night football games for as much hate as people want to give Thursday night football. Right. But yeah. Seahawks went on to beat the Rams 30-29. to Monday nights have been kind of a dud. Those have been terrible. But we right. have a decent one coming up this Monday. Rams, or sorry, 49ers and the Browns. Right. We'll see how that uh, kind of unfolds here. But going back to Thursday, I mean... What a night. Where do we even begin? I had notes going on all throughout the game. Yeah. You know, I'm up in the press box trying to write down something that's going on. Okay, that's a key thing. That's a key thing. Right. I end up going two pages, Mike, Yeah, of notes. And you go in all different directions, right? <laughs> Where you do you know, even start? Yeah. I, I think the, probably the most appropriate way to start is probably Russell Wilson. Right. How can we not start there? You know, we talked about it as being a chance for him to kind of just announce himself as an MVP this year in 2019. Right, yeah. In prime time where the Seahawks – shine as bright as the lights do. I think he really did that last night uh, with the win against the Rams. He is a straw that stirs the drink. And, you know, I, I think this press conference, obviously the days are off because it was a Thursday night game. But he talked about being in those high-pressure situations, how it's given him the ability to learn how to handle that stuff. And, you know, as long as he stays calm, he's going to keep everybody else calm. And there's just kind of this pervasive feeling not, that stretches over. Even Clowney said it goes over to the defense – that they're going to win these games, that they're going to get the job done. And you're seeing it right before your eyes. And some of the throws he's been making and just the precision and the way he puts it in places where only certain guys can catch it on his team, it's been pretty awesome, fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I think he's only going to get better and better. I was reminded last night, um, 2023, he signed through. So, you know, he's clearly (laughs) making this his home and uh, likes being here, and it's fun watching him. I think his – career trajectory is it's kind of gone on the same path as a Tom Brady you mentioned being comfortable in those big games because early on in Russell's career he wasn't really the straw that stirred the drink it was the defense it was the running game like we all know like those are like kind of the calling card of the Seahawks Mm -hmm. but he got that experience and obviously he made some great plays during those 2012 13 14 teams but being comfortable in those environments playing in playoff game. I mean, they made the playoffs every year but one in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, the he's won a playoff game, m- multiple playoff games in years, yeah. and it's getting that kind of experience, like how Brady did when he first took over for Bledsoe in the Patriots, where the defense was kind of what led the way with, you know, with Willie McGinnis and mm-hmm. Teddy Bruschi and those guys, and he was kind of the game manager, the quote game, unquote. And they said that about Russell. And that's what they said, said about Russ. Yeah. And I think getting those experiences and getting used to them and, I mean, now, I mean, it almost looks like he just – he relishes in that. He almost hopes that it's a close game. Yeah. He, would, he would rather play the, 
oh, we're down by four, down by five, I got to get a drive in the fourth quarter to lead us versus, oh, like what happened in Super Bowl 48 where we blew out the or we blew out the Broncos 43-8 to eight or whatever. Like, he almost feels like he, he really relishes in these close games, and, I, and it shows out there with his confidence, and like you said, it really just trickles down to everybody else. Yeah, and it's been interesting that the past two years, especially under Schottenheimer, and yeah. last year when they led the NFL in rushing, uh, it, you're right, you've seen this transition of a defensive-dominated dominant team turn into a team that can really put up some points and Russell leads the way and then you still have Bobby and KJ and great defensive uh, players like a clowny now coming in I mean that, how awesome is it seeing those two guys I, I did see I did notice I don't know if you saw that maybe the first or second drive but, but Gurley absolutely trucked Ziggy Ansah <laughs> I, I was I mean, Ziggy's a big dude <laughs> yeah. I mean he just knocked him down I, I, I couldn't believe that but you know seeing Russell do his thing and then the defense is, is just a huge compliment to what they put out there offensively it's it's pretty cool I think that Saints game really woke them up you know you have yeah. games like that I, I think the Rams maybe had that feeling with the Buccaneers mm-hmm. and they came and they had a great fight last night but to, to have it kind of wake you up and realize hey you know what I know we won at Pittsburgh but we're not that great right now, mm-hmm. and then they, that really allowed him to kind of, you know, pull back and refocus. And, that, and that's one of the things that I mean, Russell, seventeen of twenty-three, two hundred and sixty-eight yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Right. So he made plays. He more importantly though took care of the football. But you mentioned them being a work in progress. Like the Pittsburgh game wasn't clean. Cincinnati no. game wasn't clean. Mm-hmm. They obviously lost the week uh, later against New Orleans. And usually that's what happens. Like these Pete Carroll Seahawks teams, they kind of. Outside of the Super Bowl year 2013, they've kind of all a little stumbled out of the blocks, maybe right. a 2-2, two and 3-2, two, and, and they tend to peak in late November, December, and January once playoff time arrives, which is really what you want to do as a playoff team. You see New England does that all the time every year. Is mm-hmm. You want to hit your stride when the games are most important, and if the Seahawks are 4-1 and one right now in the time when they're supposed to be kind of be figuring things out right just wait until they get a, a jaron reed back and mm-hmm. dk metcalf gets a lot more comfortable maybe the offensive line continues to gel more and you know who knows what the trajectory of this team could be and kind of the ceiling it's i mean as of right now they're being talked about on all the national tv shows today is right. hey we, we, we may have forgot that the seahawks have a pete carroll coach team with russell wilson and mm-hmm. you know maybe they are a contender in the nfc the big difference the past two weeks chris carson's gone for over a hundred yeah. And he beats up defenses. Pete was jacked it's, about yeah. that. Yeah. So when you're doing that to a defense and they don't know what's coming at you, you know, what does a run set up the pass, the pass set up the run, whatever way you want to take it, it seems that the the run is definitely softening up the defenses. I mean that that's yeah. a really good defensive team, the Rams. And he had over under we finished hundred and eighteen or something like that. Yeah. So I mean when you have a guy like that, it's just is it coincidence that they've looked really good the past two weeks and he's gone for over a hundred? I don't think so. No, it, they had it really all clicking last night. I mean, I guess we can almost go chronological order here. I mean, the throw to Lockett that was Wilson that? had. That was oh unbelievable. Goodness. Yeah. He's going parallel to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and throws it, going drifting towards his left, and throws it to the back corner of the end zone across his body on a dime. Right. Right where only Lockett where can only catch Lockett it. And then Lockett, the twinkle toes in the back of the end yeah. zone. I mean, that's just a heck of a play by both of them. And. One of the more impressive throwing catches you'll see all season, I feel like, from any team. And he's become that go-to guy. 
Lock, Lockett yeah. has, obviously, and to watch the two of them work together. But if you're a defense and you have to be so concerned with where Tyler Lockett is all the time, it's going to free up a Metcalf to get a touchdown, a more to get a touchdown yeah. like happened last night. They're doing exactly what you want them to do and spreading it around and having that one big threat like Tyler Lockett. It's, it's pretty cool. He's the nicest guy, Tyler yeah. Lockett. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, he has not changed one bit, and he's gotten better as a player, yeah. but as a person from the guy that showed up here when he was drafted. Just just a good dude. and that That's kind of the feel. Uh, you have this team. You were in the locker room last night. You, you, you're around some of these teams, and you begin to really realize, you know, these guys are these guys are pretty cool. They actually seem yeah. to like each other. Um, what was interesting in Arizona, we were all standing around the locker room, you know, doing interviews, and everybody stopped, and these guys come out of the showers with their towels on, and then they had the TVs, and everybody just stopped. Here we are with the players and media. Everybody were watching the end of that Rams game. <laughs> and then the Bucks and Sue had that recovery and took it back. And everybody's like cheering in there and they're like high-fiving <laughs> each other and sharing a moment. So it's like, you know, I think London did that last year. It galvanized the team. It got them really close together. You saw them really come together even after that. They, they absolutely killed the Raiders over there, but who wasn't last year? Yeah. And what they did coming together, that's what got them for a team that wasn't supposed to go to the playoffs, got to the playoffs. So there, there's a lot to be said uh, about that. And I think Pete can have that ability to bring younger players together sometimes but he, the older group that he has the KJs the Bobby uh, Wagner types they've all bought in to that culture so it's it, it says a lot about Pete Carroll and every then the way that team's put together yeah I mean I think a really good example of that was last week when Luke Wilson signs oh gosh and, and yeah. he how happy did he look to be back in, I mean obviously he's happy to have a job sure once again yeah. I mean that was, that's obviously first and foremost but he looked like there was a twinkle in his eye almost you know and he's like oh right. man I just it's good to be back here in the facility seeing all the familiar faces there's been a lot of turnover since he was last year yeah. but you know he just it felt comfortable to him and he said hey I know what kind of culture this is. Mm-hmm. This is going to be awesome. I know the kind of guys that Pete Carroll likes. So I'm instantly going to be drawn to the guys who are new now that I wasn't here with last time. And it, it, that just shows you the people that instantly come in. You mentioned Clowney. Right. He got here on Labor Day. Right. And he instantly is like, oh, yeah, man, when Russ, if we got him, we got a chance. Yeah. You know, it's it, it just shows you kind of how culture is what really drives having consistent success in the NFL. Yeah, and, it, and I think it stretches over to any type of organization that wants to win. Oh, for sure. You know, I think when people become comfortable, but they're also around those that are driven and want to do the same thing and have the same results, uh, it's someplace you want to be. And maybe that wasn't the feeling you had. I think Matt Patricia was still trying to figure things out in Detroit yeah. <laughs> when, when Luke was there. I mean, and culturally, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. That's very that's, interesting. That's an interesting I one, mean, yeah. Luke is just all about the joy. I mean, I think he showed that on Hard Knocks. He's just... He is all about living in the moment and enjoying the ride. And I think that's exactly what Pete Carroll is. So sure, oh, for, sure. for him to come back and then have some catches last night. He's a great blocker. Um, and and it, I love when, when uh, he and Russ, uh, it, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but if you're there for pregame, anybody listening, watch when the receivers come out and when Russell Wilson greets the receivers. He has a different greeting and little kind of dance he does with each receiver and the tight ends. Yep. And the one he does with Wilson is real quick in the baseball swing because they, <laughs> they both were former baseball players. So that that's pretty cool. And it was like they had missed a beat. When they did that in Arizona last week, doom, 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 they had their swing. It was like, wow, that Luke is back. Yeah, it was just like 2014 all over again. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> You mentioned uh, Pete Carroll. I mean, he he didn't go without criticism last night. You know, sure. It's easy to second guess, obviously – 
from the press box or from your television where you're sitting what, or what whatever. What happened early in it's, the second half? Because I was on the set and it, I missed it and I saw on Twitter people were ra- – what, what happened? So I, I think a lot of it was a carryover from the end of the first half. Okay. So it was the fourth and inches. I right. believe the ball was at about the 30-yard line or so. And it felt like the offense kind of wanted to go for it. It felt like – I mean, the crowd for sure wanted them to go for it. They'd been moving the ball. They were up 14-6. to six, And – they call a timeout, mm-hmm. then they go back, or I'm sorry, they go out there, they line up, but then they try to draw the Rams off sides. The Rams don't, they don't jump, because right. you know, every defense knows now, like, don't jump on fourth and inches. And they call a timeout, and then they trot out Jason Myers to kick the field goal. Right, and you J- miss, right? Jason Myers yeah. misses the field goal. So, I think even before the miss, a lot, a lot of people were saying, hey, it's fourth and less than a yard, we're At moving the ball, the game. Sure, let's yeah. go for it, you know, because worst case, I mean, like, Worst case scenario, they're going to get the ball right there versus, hey, you kick a field goal, you miss it. They're going to get even better field position, sure. which they ended up getting. And then the Rams marched it down and scored. And that was the Cooper Cup touchdown. And that was the Cooper Cup okay. touchdown. And then all of a sudden, oh, the Rams get the ball to start the second half? Right. And so and it's, scored, right? so the Seahawks, yeah. who had built up all this momentum in the first half, 14-6, yeah. to we're feeling good, we're driving, we might be able to add to this lead before halftime. All of a sudden, you kick the field goal, it misses. The Rams score. They're within one at halftime. They're feeling great because they haven't sure. played well, uh-huh. and they're only down by one, and they're going to get the ball. And then they go and open up the uh, second half with a touchdown drive. All of a sudden, you're the Seahawks. Say, Whoa, we're down by six, and we feel like we're the better team here. What's going on? Right. And then a lot of the second guessing. I mean, in the press box, we were a lot of us were chatting about it. I'm, I'm always a proponent of going for it on fourth down, sure. especially fourth and inches. I'm like, hey, you know what? You want to be a running team. You want to be a physical team. Dictate it. Yeah. Get the yard. Yeah. You know, if that's the time of team you want, then kind of imposed your will on the opposition and it's easy i guess to second guess but i mean a lot of us kind of first guessed it right. and it ended up i almost think it was like the football guys like hey pete be a little more aggressive we're not gonna let this right. field goal go in <laughs> and so i mean it was it kind of and i think many folks thought that from what happened in the new orleans game when they went forward and they didn't mm-hmm. get it yeah. that might have played a factor into why he opted to kick this time who knows we'll see how that kind of plays itself out going forward but I mean the fourth down thing that wasn't great the the challenge in the second half about the pass interference when I mean like hey you see it what's your thoughts on that that rule just in general I hate it me personally the challenge the challenging pass interference it seems to be slowing down the game obviously it is but I I think they they did it because of what was really an egregious fall in a pivotal game in the NFC championship for sure and so they had to do something so there's something has turned into a whole lot of nothing sometimes it's, during these regular season games, uh, but you sometimes you win them. I mean sometimes I mean they're they're bad calls, uh, but that was not. And so yeah. whoever's in Pete's ear for those situations, but there's there's so little time. Even McVeigh had a challenge. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was passing offensive. No, was, yeah, he had another challenge. I think it was one. They thought he had caught. I think Woods. They thought right. he had caught the touchdown, and but he, they didn't have enough evidence to overturn exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know things like that. They they really want, want some time. But I remember watching McVeigh on the TV. He was like going back, like, "Do I do it? Do I do it?" And the next thing you know, <laughs> yeah. the red flag was out there. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's you would think with that many officials on the field, they get some things right. But you think of what that, happened in that New Orleans game? It, here's my thing with that, and I, I just like I'm kind of anti replay in general because mm-hmm. I think hey, even though we have it. We still sometimes don't get it right, right? So yeah. let's just get the game going, yeah, you know? Yeah, like and, and there's been a lot of instances where that, that yeah, that, it's and it's like was, oh well, we don't have enough evidence because right. we're only ninety nine percent sure, we're not hundred percent sure. It's like come on, we all can see that it's a fumble, or we can see that they broke the plane, or or what have mm-hmm. you. And 
I love technology and I love what, how technology has allowed us to advance sports and I'm never going to be like the anti-technology guy, but I just feel that if we're not getting it right, mm-hmm. we also need to think about, hey, sports is an entertainment thing, first and right. foremost. Like, let's keep it entertaining and get the game going. We don't, unless a compromise yeah. that I would have is 90 seconds to look at a replay. If you can't decide then, Leave it as leave it as is. That's a good call. Because sometimes it seems to take forever. It takes forever, and the New Orleans thing was momentum. The the Saints Rams thing that obviously is why we have pass interference. It was such a fluky Mm -hmm. mistake that I don't think you need to just overreact to something that was fluky. Right. It's egregious, and if I was a Saints fan, I would probably have been screaming from the mountaintop. And they were. They sued the NFL. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's right. They sued the NFL. But. I just think that it's such a fluky mistake. If we can all breathe and take a step back, I don't think this is beneficial because now the coaches think that, oh, all pass interference is reviewable. Right. It is, but the only reason or the only way they're going to overturn it is if it looks like how it looked in New Orleans last January. Right. It's got to be And I think convincing. that coaches yeah. haven't really, I guess, settled that to say, oh, I can challenge pass interference? Challenge it. Right. And it's like, no. I mean, Pete did win the one in Pittsburgh, which was a massive one. Yeah. But... It looks like a lot of coaches are losing those challenges and effectively losing timeouts. That's what happened to McVay. Then they were out of timeouts. Happened to McVay. Seahawks could have been on the other end. They lost a timeout as well, Mm -hmm. challenging the pass interference. And it's just, I think that it hasn't been clear enough, or I don't know what's going on. Maybe the coaches don't understand it. But they're not going to overturn it unless it is an egregious mistake that is like 1,000%, hey, that is pass interference. Right. And just the fact that if that's the only reason we're ever going to change it, why even have the rule? Right. You know? Because how many times is something that happened in New Orleans ever going to happen again? That's true. It's, that, I have that never bad. seen a missed call that bad in my yeah, life. The guy standing right in front Yeah, of I've been watching football for like yeah, almost 25 years yeah, now, and he, I've never seen right. that bad of a missed call. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> you, and, but what's funny is you talk about the replay and, and <laughs> misses and the reviews. I, I think I'm suddenly re-annoyed on how much replay there was in baseball that really resulted in nothing. <laughs> and, and a lot of games, I think the Mariners are on the end of that quite a bit this year. Yeah. And they look at it, and then you got the two umpires, and the guy with the audio, and they're dialed into New York, mm-hmm. and wait, and wait, and wait. And, and you know the umpires are just waiting. He's out. Anyways, you know what I mean? They, they want to <laughs> yeah. maintain their call. And yeah. It seems like that happens more <laughs> in baseball. A different sport, obviously. But, but, but it's across the board. It happens in yeah. basketball. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody jokes about the last two minutes of a basketball game taking a half hour. Well, now it takes 45 minutes. Right. Because now we're, oh, did it tip off somebody's finger? Or who's it off of bounce? And, and or this. Line, yeah, like, you know, we're yeah. looking at all that stuff. Heck, I think it was the Women's National Championship game in college basketball a couple years ago where they're reviewing a game-winning national championship shot to see right. if there's .1 seconds left or if there's no time left. Yeah. And it ruined, ruined the whole moment. Yeah, exactly. The whole moment was ruined. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, this is like a, a photographer's dream, right. game-winning shot for national championship. And then it's like, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. go to the monitor. And then all of a sudden they go to the monitor and say, yeah, you win. It's like, okay, well, I figured we'd already won, so I'm not really like as happy as right. like, the initial shot. You know, It's just... The whole thing is just kind of, I feel like it's just gone way overboard, and I guess that's just my rant for this Friday. I, I concur. <laughs> you know, I will not argue with you. Get yeah. rid of replay, folks. There you get, go. It, get it out of here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Tedrick Thompson, I spoke with him in the locker room. Yeah. He was the redemption story. Mm-hmm. The play in Cincinnati that went over his head at the end of the first half, that was, uh, it was an awful play. I mean, right. it is what it is. And he drew a lot of criticism from that, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I spoke with him and asked him, I said, hey, like, 
with what happened against Cincinnati, and now you're kind of the hero for the night, I mean, how good does that feel? And he says, hey, I don't really care. To be honest with you, like, I made a bad play. It happens. Sure. You know what? I don't really care what the media is saying or this and that. I mean, the way he was saying it, I'm like, I think you care a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You seem like you're a little, right. a little angry about my right. question right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it was good to see him kind of be the hero for the night. And yeah. after a month, which seemed pretty frustrating, he gets the injury. He missed a couple games. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that is as unbelievable as interception that you'll see. And just the fingertips, the way he got it, and that really kind of helped lead in that win there toward the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that was a big hole to fill after after Earl left, and you know he had his opportunities, yeah. and I think they really know how good he was. He was great at Colorado when he played in college, and so I think they want they know what he potentially can be. But that catch, I think afterwards I read or saw that Lockett's catch had like a six point three percent probability rate. Like the the next gen stats. Yeah, the next gen <laughs> stats, and that was like. The highest improbable catch since Antonio Brown to Roethlisberger against the Packers in 2017. Yeah. Well, it's like a 0% probability <laughs> that Tedrick Thompson's going to make that pick. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. How His, I mean, his body weight was going one way, and then his, yeah. just the fingertips kind of... But I think that shows what type of athlete he is. It did. He had that body control to realize, wait a minute, my hand's underneath it. And, and that ball bobbed, what, four times before oh, yeah. he really got a hold of it? I mean that was in, that was incredible, and what a great time for that to happen too. Oh my god! I mean, I think the the Rams have what eleven turnovers this year, and ten of them are all picks by golf. <laughs> One is a, a fumble by by Gurley. So, you know, he's been plagued this year, but that should not have been an interception. No. But t- credit Tedrick Thompson, he deserves it on that one. When I saw it live, I didn't even entertain the fact that he might have caught it. Right. I was like, oh, it's nice effort. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll run it back now. We'll see, I think it would have been third down or fourth down. I'm not sure which. I don't remember. But I didn't even entertain the fact that he caught it. And then we see the replay playing on the board. It's like, oh wait, wow. wait a minute. He did catch like, that. oh my goodness, he caught that ball. And then CenturyLink is going nuts. Right. Like, and this is before they even say, hey, the the, the before Pete even threw the challenge flag. And the place is going nuts. Pete throws the challenge flag. It just erupts. Tedrick's yeah, running around, yeah. slapping fives. It's it, it was probably the most exciting review that we've ever seen because right. crowd's going crazy. The the ref is in the booth or looking at the the tablet to see what the play uh-huh. is, and and then they eventually call it an interception. And it was just like, man, that that's got to feel good for him because yeah. he was kind of the, they won the Cincinnati game, but everybody just that play stuck in their head of how do you miss time a jump that bad and what right. like what's going on there. And for him to be able to kind of turn that around, I mean, KJ said he was super happy for him. You know, mm-hmm. he, KJ talked about, hey, in this league, you're going to get criticism. I remember from my days, being a young player, a lot of criticism, and you try not to listen to it, but you hear it. Right. And, you know, it's – but to see him make that play, it's it's really special. And the guys in the locker room were for sure happy for him. They used to give KJ a lot of a, – a, a, a very hard time about a lot of different things. And yeah. they used to say how bad he was in pass coverage on tight which is, ends. Which is crazy. And I, I can't remember <laughs> – I mean, yeah, Who we all struggled was, to, to guard Rob Gronkowski, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> like, nobody covered him. <laughs> until Earl knocked him out and just a shot to the chest. But I can't remember. It was a home game and a Monday night. Maybe Philadelphia <laughs> came in. I, I can't remember. But KJ, to use a Pete word, was exquisite in his coverage of the tight end. <laughs> and it, it seemed like from that point forward, he, he and Bobby are just, you know, two guys, two peas in a pot. And, oh, yeah. And I think you're talking about a young player in Tedrick that really hasn't played a lot. He watched a lot of Earl and Cam and, and those guys come up and, and Richard Sherman, who I, I believe he still talks to um, on occasion. So, 
he's a guy with all the potential, but you know, pitchers give up home runs too. So you're going to get burned on a play like that. You're going to miss yep. time. Some first, first game, I think it goes a lot to say really that they don't get a lot of reps in preseason. No. I mean, how many plays did you see Tedrick Thompson in on in a preseason game? I, I don't remember. Not many. You know? So, I mean, they were, because the defensive backcourt was so limited, they had to add some guys, and they, I think they wanted to figure out who they're going to add. Yeah. So, you know, that I, I, I always think the first game is like the fifth preseason game. Yep. And you really can't. <laughs> chalk up a whole lot of what happens in that game either way to either team. Yeah, I mean, heck, you can even almost say the first month is an extension of the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no more two-a-days, so even training camp is limited, more off days. Nobody's really playing the preseason anymore. So, right. I mean, players are really getting in their legs back, getting into shape, you know, just getting back to doing football things and playing full games. And it's hard to really start judging teams until you get to October. Right. You know, and – I was looking at what the I was really worried about the Seahawks last night because if you looked at the wins they had, mm-hmm. Cincinnati was winless going into the Pittsburgh game, who was winless. That was their first <laughs> yeah. game, and the Cardinals were winless. Yeah. So going into <laughs> that game, they beat? the three teams <laughs> they played had one win between them. Yeah. So I'm call me convinced now after what happened last night because they they just can rise to the occasion. But I've seen this earlier. What last night showed is how important a first-round home playoff game is to that oh, team. Oh, my goodness. It makes a huge difference. That false start pushes him back. It's a 30, it's a 44-yarder instead of a 39-yarder. I oh, mean, my goodness. it is a huge impact. And they saw last year what it was like going to Dallas. You know, Dallas isn't known for having the greatest crowd. They were awesome yeah. last year. It was loud. It was really a tough environment. And I think they realized that. I remember after, after that game, people was like, you know, I think this just shows – how important it is to play a playoff game or games at home. And yeah. I think they realized that last night. He can use that the rest of the season. I mean, I honestly cannot remember the last – I mean, what was probably the Rams game? Was the last time the Seahawks lost a home playoff game? Like in 4 I think? It might have been when the ball – Yeah, it was I think Darryl you're Jackson right. dropped the ball in the end zone, I think. maybe Was it Daryl Jackson or was it Bobby Ingram? I'm – I always. I think it was Bobby. It might have been. Yeah. It might have been Bobby Ingram. Maybe I give my mid two thousands Holmgren era Seahawks mixed right. up sometimes. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby Ingram out of Penn State. Yeah, yeah. but you uh, know, I mean, like, I don't think they've lost a home playoff game since then. We saw. That's right. You speak about home playoff games. The Beast Quake run. They were right. like double digit underdogs against the, Saints, against the defending yeah. Super Bowl champion Saints. Mm-hmm. Seven and nine Seahawks. And seven they, nine. Remember, they didn't belong in the playoffs. Yeah. That's when they wanted to change the rules. You have to have so many wins yeah, to get yeah. in the playoffs. Remember that? The <laughs> yep. NFC West was so bad. It was so bad back then. <laughs> a dominant division in football. It's but crazy. ever since Pete Carroll showed up, they have not lost a home playoff game. And yeah. that's why the, the years that they made it to the Super Bowl, it's no coincidence that they had home field advantage oh, yeah. in both years. And that's huge. Even So if you do advance and you go those three weeks uh, through the playoffs, it really ends up being just two games because yeah. um, you would hope you have that bye week. I mean, you're pretty well rested. That I mean, think about it. that. Super Bowl is your first road trip in a month. Yeah, I mean that that that's speaks volumes deal. for a team that's, a that, that's trying to win, and that's how Super Bowl Forty Eight year was. And that first round bye is so critical at that time of mm-hmm. the year, just to get guys fresh, just to get everybody fresh. You know, like you don't have to have a guy out there on eighty percent, or right. or a guy that oh yeah, he's not practicing this week, but he'll be fine to go. No, you guys can kind of ease back in, use that bye week mm-hmm. to get rested up, get more film on whoever you might end up seeing. Because at that point, it's like, hey, we've seen that team, we've seen that team, so let's just focus on this team right. during the week in case we see them. 
and it really just kind of allows you to refresh and get recharged, and then you're able to kind of go at it. There's no coincidence that the last, I think, about four or five Super Bowl champions have all had the first round bye. Sure. Because yeah. you need it. And then you play two weeks, <laughs> and then you get another bye week. Yep, you get another bye week. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it really does make a big difference. But, uh, I mean, the moment of the night, though, had to be the Greg Zerline missed field goal. Right. That was incredible. I mean, we see the whole thing play out. The Tedra Thompson pick, the Seahawks unable to get the first down, so they have to punt the ball back to the Rams. About a minute 38 left. That was ugly. No timeout. They were trying to get the first down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that pitch. I was like, what is. That was probably Russell Wilson's one blemish on the night, because I was like, what in the world are you doing? But you don't want to turn it over, but in essence, you turn it over. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got the punt. But. Yeah, but but that had been a massive field position flip. Right. Yeah. Versus fifty yard line uh, or d- back at our own ten. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was brutal. Yeah, but they survived that, and then mm-hmm. you see the Rams moving the ball, and that was that. What's not going to be talked about is how good of a drive that was by Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Man, he's making hitting passes, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. Yeah. All of a sudden, Gerald Everett over the middle, boom, twenty eight yards, and it's like, oh my goodness, like the Seahawks. Are going to lose this game, right? That's that what everybody's head. feeling. It's sure, yeah. Greg, Greg Zerline, aka Greg the Leg. This right. guy hits fifty-eight yarders, sixty yarders. Hit a fifty-eight yarder in the NFC Championship game to send the Rams to the Super Bowl last year. So forty-four yards. Oh, psh, it's cake, right? You know, he, he hits those with his eyes closed, and and he didn't. But that's home pushed field. pushed it right. right. That's home field, and and maybe Pete said a little divine. Right, that's what he said. Impressive, said a little, the, little Paul so, Allen. Yeah, that was kind of funny. So that that was cool, and what a, what a great night, and you know, way to honor. That's what a lot of the guys were, were were emotional. I mean, they honored Paul Allen with yeah. the win, and it was an awesome win. It really was. It was a fantastic win. The place is going nuts. I mean, at that point, I've been packing up myself in the press box. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go down. The looks like they're gonna lose the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness, like. It's hard to tell from the press box, from the angle that we're sitting at. Where the, right. I couldn't tell if any kick was good or was not good from that end of the field. And you see the crowd start going crazy. I'm like, oh, you wow. You watch people behind, right? Yeah, you then watch you the people behind. I'm like, oh, yeah. my goodness, he missed the kick. Yeah. And stuff. And, and it's, yeah, the place just goes nuts. And now you're 4-1. Right. I had to... I don't know if anybody had four and one the first five games. And you saw the Rams on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Steelers game. Everybody thought Roethlisberger would be the quarterback for right. the full game. Uh, the Saints. You saw that on the schedule. I mean, we all thought Breeze would it, but I guess it didn't matter that Breeze wasn't right. there because Saints yeah. still won. But I mean, they're in an excellent spot, and now they're gonna. You know, they got they got some tough games coming up. But they, do. they do, but they but they get some reinforcements coming back here in yeah. a few weeks and. Who knows? You know, they're, if they can, but it's all about getting that first round by, though. If mm-hmm. they can, and four of their next five are against teams that all are above five hundred. So that that is tough. I think Atlanta is the only team that's not, yeah. and that's a road game, which is always, for whatever reason, for the Seahawks, a tough place to play. Yeah, you know, and that that's quite the trip. But next up is is Cleveland. Um, I can't stand Baker Mayfield, and I hope <laughs> yeah. that Russell absolutely schools him and they come away with, like, a 30-point victory. That would yeah. be great. I, I, there's just something about him. We'll, we'll see if he I pro- don't know what it is. We'll see if he <laughs> provides some uh, some good content for us I'm sure in, that, in, the, in, the ga- in the week leading up to yeah, that one. I just hope that if, if Clowney suddenly has a three-sack game, it's that. It's against Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was an awesome game, and – it just showed you kind of just the perseverance of that that team to get that victory, and yep. now it's you know four and one, and then yeah. now they get ten days off here. And yeah. you mentioned Cleveland. Cleveland's playing Monday night, so Cleveland 
has even a shorter, shorter week. Turnaround, and while yeah. the Seahawks have 10 days off, so that might factor into things or at least kind of alleviate the whole 10 a.m. kickoff. Right? Yeah. And I don't think this is – I might go down the opinion road too much when I talk about the oh, Browns. Let it, let it, th- let it think, fly, Mike. I don't think Brady Kitchens <laughs> is a very good coach. I know it's his first year, but I just don't – I don't see it. Yeah. So, And with that combustible team, you need somebody that can really handle – I don't know who that would be. Um, maybe a P. Carroll type. But, yeah, yeah I don't I, – I wonder I, – I want them to really win that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Monday night, the 49ers host the Cleveland Browns. So you have your division mm-hmm. rival going against the team that you're going to play next. Obviously, initially you're saying root for Cleveland, probably because you know you want your division rival to be right. to get a loss or whatever. But you know, it's do you do you hope for chaos for the Browns or do you hope that the Browns win and are feeling good about themselves? And oh maybe no, beat the Niners because that, that's yeah. going to do anything you can to help you get that NFC West in the first home game. That's so that's first your, and foremost. That, that's the math yeah. equation. Worry and about the division. Wear them down, Niners. Have a nice fight of a game. Yeah. Beat the beat the Browns up a little bit, like you said, on short rest. Seahawks roll right into town on their ten days rest, feeling pretty go. good about things. And 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 you know it's, it's interesting because with, with the smaller quarterbacks, you kind of get the sense even with Kyler Murray that Russell. You know, he's the grandfather of the smaller yeah, quarterbacks, right? It's him and he Drew. Wants, yeah, he <laughs> wants to show them how it's done. Yeah. And so I think he'll ri- rise to that occasion. And, no pun intended. A- again, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's no, funny. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that'll be good. It's You get a Cleveland team, if they're feeling good about themselves, because this Cleveland team, as they're very talented. They, they are. They feel like the type of team that what everybody's kind of piling on them, that mm-hmm. they'll put a, together a good performance like they did last week. I mean, the week leading up to that Ravens game, everyone's like, oh, Cleveland's terrible, Baker Mayfield's overrated, what Rex right. Ryan said, and, and all that stuff. Then all of a sudden they put up 40 points on Baltimore in Baltimore. Yeah. And now everyone's like, okay, maybe the Browns are good. So, you know, it, it, Was it that when like, Baltimore didn't have three defensive backs, though? So? Was it early it, only healthy? It might have been, yeah. It might have been, I, maybe. I saw them when they did that, and I, and I didn't know that the – Ravens are having such issues with defensive backs, and then when I saw that score, I was like, "Well, okay, yeah. you know." It's hard to tell. It's, I mean, yeah. this this whole league is about who's healthy. It is. And I don't like <laughs> I don't like Beckham either out there with yeah. his, what was it a ring or a watch? Yeah, he had the the, like, the five hundred thousand dollar watch or whatever how much it costs. That's as yeah. dumb as the lady in the <laughs> lion enclosure at the Bronx Zoo. That's just dumb. Yeah. That's just dumb. Yeah. It's yeah, I if if I had the money to buy a five hundred thousand dollar watch, I'm not wearing it to a. I'm not wearing it to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drive it to the safe deposit bag box. Yeah, exactly. go, on, go pick it up, take it for a ride to dinner, and bring it back to the bank. So. Gosh, but I, we we got a couple of minutes, and we we got yeah. we got a meeting that we got to get to here a little we bit do. shortly. Yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll keep that in house. We won't let you guys know right. what that's about. But yeah. but uh, Huskies taking on Stanford with a. Uh, any predictions uh, for tomorrow night's game? It's a 7.30 kickoff. We know Chris Peterson yeah. loves those. They haven't won there since 2007. That's a long time. That is one of the worst college environments I've ever been to for a game. It's lame. <laughs> they call it the library. It is. I mean, it is. And so I think um, – who I can't remember who was talking about this week, one of the defensive backs. But he was talking about, you know, you got to bring your own energy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was Molden, Elijah Molden. Yep. And you, you do. So that's kind of a challenge. You, you, you can't get mad at people yelling at you, you know. And it's kind of weird for his – it's a massive college. It's the largest land-grant university in the United States, second largest in the world. The biggest one is in Russia. Wow. And they still have Stanford Stadium, and there's one entry for both teams. And the locker room is their side-by-side. It's just a long building. 
And it, and it looks like something you'd see as a summer camp, which is what their <laughs> locker rooms are. I mean, for all that, like, they don't have, like, and but it's not like the Huskies are right there. Like, Stanford's there, too. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. But um, I think they come away with a win, two and three. Um, you know, Stanford barely got by those fighting beavers of Oregon State they last did. week. That was, that was uh, Paul's beavers. A lot of potential on Oregon <laughs> State, but, you know, um, Stanford won that game. And, and they, they have their, their second quarterback, right? Costello's out, so. Yeah. Um, but David Shaw, favorite coach in the Pac-12. He's a good I'm, coach. I love watching the guy. I'm surprised that he just hasn't gone to the pros because he's so good at what he does. So yeah. he'll he'll be ready. He'll, he'll get yeah, in the we'll, game, but I think the Huskies win. Yeah, we got Huskies going on. Sounders, decision day, taking on Minnesota United. Also, that's going on. So right, yeah. Kind of a busy week here. No more baseball for us locally, but yeah. MLB playoffs. And looks like a pretty decent college football slate. Too, and it's crazy with on. that soccer game. Minnesota can finish in the second spot, yeah. as well as the Sounders. I mean, there's a whoever, lot to play for. Whoever them. wins gets second. Right. And the Sounders, they need a win, but Minnesota, they just need a win or a draw to get right. that second seed. And it might be Portland. Maybe if the Sounders get uh, that second seed, maybe get a, a, a Sounders-Timbers-Cascadia Cup playoff match, which, uh, I mean, throw the yeah. records out. <laughs> throw them out the window. You know, yeah. that old cliche. <laughs> what, what's the valley down there, Paul? What's that? Willamette? Willamette. The Willamette I, I, Valley. I call them like the, the, the wood pigeons of the Willamette Valley. I, I can't remember what I call them. Something like that. Yeah. Blue Star Donuts is the only good thing in Portland, by the way. The creme brulee donut. Not, not, a, uh, not a voodoo guy. I've been to voodoo. Yeah. We went there and we went to the Super Bowl. The owner gave mm-hmm. us, we went there and we got a New England Patriot like donut and he did voodoo with a pretzel stick really? on the donut. And then we gave us like two dozen donuts and we kept driving. But Blue Star Donuts is kind of like a higher-end donut. Okay. It's a creme brulee donut. Okay, That's yeah. the best thing. Yeah. They kind of burn the sugar on top. And oh, then the, the it's not a Bavarian cream. It's a creme brulee in the middle. It's best too, donut I've ever had. It's too late to be uh, this hungry. Yeah. D- dinner's not for another couple last hours. last Friday. I'm failing you. i <laughs> yeah. got to do it again. Well, let's go uh, talk to our boss. Sorry, it's a yeah. little bit of a shorter podcast this week. But uh, that's another installment of Femi and Ferrari. Obviously, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. My, my dad said he listened. So, oh, cool. Yeah, shout out to Abdullah Bebefe. Thank you for listening. That's awesome. And, uh, Thanks, yeah. Dad. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next this week. This fun. And, uh, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it easy, everyone. <laughs>